0: Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a really great show for you today. I have guest Jessica Simmons. She's a certified financial planner, a CFP and a certified divorce financial analyst, a CDFA, who helps couples throughout the relationship lifespan. She also has a master's degree in counseling and worked in the field for six years before changing careers. As a CFP, she provides professional guidance to assist couples with open communication, shared goal identification, and conflict resolution related to financial matters. When a marriage or a long-term partnership breaks down, Jessica uses her skills as a CDFA to help people decouple efficiently, fairly, and as amicably as possible. She works as a financial advocate for clients going through a litigated divorce and is trained as a financial neutral in collaborative divorce and mediation. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thanks, Heidi. I appreciate you having me. So the topic we're going to talk about today is really, really important. You and I had a little side chat about it a couple months ago, and I have just been chomping at the bit to get you on the show, waiting and waiting for this, because I think this is probably one of the most important episodes. I should have done it a year ago when we started introducing this show because choosing which divorce expert is best for you is a really, really important thing. So before we really kind of dive into all of that stuff, all of our topics, could you share a little bit more about you and how did you get to this work and why are you so passionate about it?
1: Sure, sure. And we have so much to talk about when it comes to who is someone I can have in my corner. And that's really why I like doing what I do is because I do get to be that person in someone's corner. And that's always where... I've come from like even when I was a counselor. So when I went to school to get my masters, it was because I wanted to make those connections with people, help them through difficult times, and I did that for 6 years in in a school setting. And working with kids was amazing, but when I made a move from Ohio to California, the timing and the market just wasn't great for counseling jobs in schools, so I had to redirect my focus and kind of cast a pretty wide net in terms of what I wanted to do. I kind of just wanted a job, so <laughs> I, uh, I put—I was looking for different things. I found a job posting, and it was kind of way below my skill set and my education, but it seemed just from what they were looking for like it would be a really great opportunity for growth and at that point i was just going to try it out and see see how it fit and so when i went in it was a financial advisor it was a female she was an entrepreneur had started her own business and grown it to a very successful level and i said i I'm very interested in this and I love female empowerment, but I don't know how this relates to my skill set. And that is something that I worry about is, you know, I don't have a financial background. And she said, I can teach that to you, and anybody can learn that piece of it. It's the personal part of it that if you can connect with people, you can empathize with what they're going through and you can help them identify their goals and what's important to them and help them guide them to to get there and and give them the education they need. That's all my job really is. She's like, I feel like I'm a counselor half the time anyway. And wow. it's so true. I mean, finance is very, I mean, we, we think of it as being very, you know, black and white and money focused and, you know, just make the best decision to make the most money, but it's really never like that. I mean, it's you know, so many things, fear and greed and Um, families and, you know, desires and all kinds of things come into financial planning. And even the difference between what a husband or wife has experienced in their childhood with money versus the framework that the other person has for money can be very, very different. And trying to marry those as a, as a couple can be really difficult, actually. So, you know, when I got into divorce work, it was always like, oh, you want to work with people going through divorce? <laughs> and I'm, well, I hope I can save some marriages by by helping people get on the same page with their money and have conversations that are, are difficult to have. But and if I can't, I think helping somebody through one of the most challenging times of their life is extremely rewarding. And I can't imagine not helping people Um, in that regard. So it's been this like perfect blend of my educational background and my what I initially thought I would be doing with my life and what my life has evolved into.
0: I love that. And I love that counseling was where you started. I always got people telling me you're going to be a teacher, right? Because my mom Mm -hmm. was a kindergarten teacher, an elementary school teacher for over 30 years. And so people just assumed you're good with people, you know, you're nurturing, you're caring, you're going to be a teacher, right? And I was like, I'm never going to be a teacher. I saw my mom work her tushy off and deal with all the stuff in the school system. I'm never going to be a teacher. So I was like pushing that away with a 10 foot pole. But I always also had this desire to work closely with people, to help people, to nurture people, to grow people. And so it was funny, once I pivoted out of my career path from events and into coaching, I realized, oh my gosh, I am a teacher. Mm -hmm. I, I teach so many tools and practices to grow yourself and know yourself and heal yourself and all that stuff to really create your comeback. And so now I feel like, well, I've I've kind of like fulfilled after all. Right? Yeah. <laughs> f- f- fulfilled what that is. Yeah. I am that after all. And I love how your counseling really fueled your ability to thrive in your role as a financial planner and then and then really the expertise in the divorce field. Because with that element of it all and that heart of it all, it really is different than an experience of, and I can tell you. I won't use the guy's name and it's not his fault, but there was a financial branch that's really, really big in the United States. And my job that I used to be at just tossed me into that like they normally do, right? Because And then you're like, oh, you set up all your systems and all your 401ks and all your money planning through this. And I met with him when I left that job. I met with him once and he was basically like, okay, well, my computer says to ask you these questions. And my computer says that you're, I'm like, this is so impersonal. And then I moved to Ohio and I met somebody who actually really has a deep care for finances and for helping women thrive in small businesses and developed a relationship with her. And the process of planning for your future is so much more exciting and inviting when you first of all have somebody who wants to educate you as much as you want to be educated, right? Because not all all of us want to know the ins and outs and all the ups and downs of our finances. But I, as a woman, want to feel empowered to know what the heck is going on, how I can fuel my desires and the outcomes. And so this part of what you do with such a nurturing heart and understanding part of you, I'm so glad that that woman got you on board to snag you into the financial world where so many people need somebody like you.
1: I'm incredibly lucky. You look back at the trajectory of your life and it's just like, you don't understand why things are happening when they're happening. And then looking back, you're so grateful for, even if it was hard at the time. And I think that applies very much to what a lot of your listeners are probably going through is, you know, I don't know why this is happening to me, but on the other side of it, I'm at least going to learn something, if not be in an even better, stronger place than where I'm at now and i think having that enthusiasm for the future is another big piece that can help get you through this kind of terrible time of like so a couple of things that you said like having that em- empowerment and education to at least understand the basics now even you know if you're thinking about divorce or um or you're kind of going through it, getting some of that ahead of time is so important because that can be what holds a lot of people back or gives them anxiety through the process is feeling like they don't know things. Yeah. Um, So getting a handle on that at any point is a good idea. But then also starting to think about what is my future going to look like? And I I was telling you about a program that I'm doing through Goldman Sachs and it was really, it's for my business, but I've applied it very much to my life because they gave us a fake check. Unfortunately, it was fake um, for $50,000 and they said, what would you do with this? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Buy some new clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, awesome day. I don't know. And then, uh, then they gave us a check for five hundred thousand. And what would you do with your life if you had this money? And then they gave us a check for five million. And you started to think so much bigger than you ever would have thought before. And it's like, well, I don't know. I I suppose I would have a house in Colorado, and I would have a house in Maine, and I could vacation there in the summers or the winter. You know, you start thinking about these things that are they seem impossible. But I'd love to start with that. Like, okay, this seems impossible and I'm just going to say it, but it's ridiculous. And then like, how can we make that a reality in some kind of way? Like I'll probably never own four homes in four different states, who knows? But that doesn't mean I can't have that, some little piece of that, you know? Yeah. Do, do I plan to save so that I can at least spend a month in these places a year when I retire,
0: right? Yeah, that's it, that version of it. Like I, I can still, I always tell my clients like, Hold the vision, surrender the how, but continue to take take aligned action. So if I'm continuing to follow the plan of the trajectory of the $5 million plan, I don't quite get there, but I continue to take action, hold the vision. The vision will evolve into something closer to that versus just staying neutral down the path of living where you're at, being how you do every day, doing your job the same having this, uh, you know, whatever kind of social life you have, like it's going to be what it's going to be right now, unless you decide to take some action and the direction of that and create a plan and support around it. So I love that so much. Can you share a little bit about what is a, a certified financial planner and a divorce financial analyst? Like how do they act? how do those specifically help us above and beyond traditional financial planning?
1: Sure. So a CFP, a certified financial planner, is really just a financial planner who has undergone additional training and certification and continuing education on the ins and outs of financial planning. So some advisors, financial advisors that you'll meet are very investment focused and they want to talk about returns or risk tolerance and stocks and bonds and blah, blah, blah. So I talk about that stuff and I manage money, but... Again, that's not what fuels me. And I don't think it's what fuels most people. So financial planning is really exactly what we're talking about with what am I trying to achieve? What are my, you know, big, wild, audacious goals? And what are my resources? And how do I start partnering things to or matching things to those goals? Because, you know, I I want to be able to retire someday, but I also want to live a pretty fun life. In, in between until I get there. Right. Yeah. So like, I want to go to Europe. I want to go to Iceland and Africa and I, like, I have tons of the things I want to do and I kind of want to get my hair done while I'm doing it. Right. So yep. how do how do I make sure that I'm saving for everything all at once? It's like juggling, right? Like, yeah. like uh, kittens or something. Like <laughs> you don't want to drop anything for sure. Um, but being able to save for everything and not get blinders is really important. So so financial planning is just goal identification and a CFP has had additional training to help you identify those goals and and move forward towards them. Whereas a CDFA is very specific to divorce planning. And I was listening to the episode that you had recently with Leah Hadley. She does a really great deep dive on CF or CDFAs and, and what we do and how we can help. So I encourage everybody to listen to that if you want to know all the ins and outs of CDFAs. But in a nutshell, we can help people understand their resources, understand several different paths to get to a settlement and then help you know what your future is going to look like with those various settlement options. All the education that goes along the way, like I have clients that are the CEO or the CFO of their family, and I've got clients who are stay-at-home moms. Mm. So there's a huge spectrum of knowledge and trying to close the gap between a perceived like where the wife feels like she doesn't know as much as the husband and he's going to take advantage or vice versa. I mean, we definitely have a lot of couples where the wife is the income earner um, and the the husband is feeling like, okay, well, my income is going to go down by 60%. What Like, is that going to leave for me and help me take care of the kids? So it's just helping people understand what that package can look like and how they can still live a life moving forward. Yeah. Um, so, and, and the thing I love the most about it is how creative you can be because a lawyer, and we'll talk about lawyers in a second, but a lawyer will tend to just chop everything down the middle and everybody goes their separate way. Yeah. That's not what's always best for either party. Like I have a case going on right now where the, the wife has a great retirement plan because she's got a pension but she needs cash now yeah. or, or the husband he does fine. Now he's got not as much saved for retirement as he needs. So I'm like, well, why doesn't what he keep his retirement assets, give you more money to live on now, not chop everything in half, but you keep your pension. He keeps his 401 and we true it up in a different way. Yeah. And that turned out to be great for them because I'm working for her, but I'm still thinking about him. And yes. That's where like, I hate using the term fairness, although I only hate it because the lawyers don't like it (laughs) because they're like, it never is fair, but sometimes it does feel like, okay, this is reasonable. Like I can live with this and I want, I would prefer both spouses to walk away feeling like that.
0: Yeah. I I really love that role that you get to play in this divorce support group. Basically It's, it's more than that expert group because It really does keep in mind that like what we're dealing with is like two humans or one family that now needs to operate in two different spaces with two different parents or two different lifestyles. But there's a lot of a lot of just humanness that gets to come into play. And when everybody can leave and go, I can still get on and get along and move on and feel okay. Like that feels a lot better than like just dragging somebody through the dirt and then they're, they're left to just fend. Like no one would ever want that for themselves. So being able to be in a space where we can go, actually, let's take a look at this in a different light. And you're right. I mean, there's a wide, wide variety of options in divorce settlement. But when I went through my divorce, I assumed that you just Googled divorce lawyer in my state. And then you chose one, and then you get it done. And I had no idea, honestly, no idea, until I started working in this field that there are so many options to and support services. Like some of the support services are even free, but we have to know about them. So, can you please help us sort this out, break it down? What kinds of options do we have, including just typical, like what I went through, just hire a lawyer and split a 50-50 and everybody signs on the dotted line and we try to move on the best we can. Which even me in hindsight, without knowing that there were financial experts that I could have reached out to, without knowing that there were mortgage experts that I could reach out to, we just blindsidedly made decisions that probably weren't the best for myself and or him, we just were like, let's just get it done as cheaply as possible and move on. And that has its benefits too. But what kind of options do we have? Because I literally did not know that anything other than a divorce lawyer was how you could go about doing this process.
1: Right. And There is a really great... So I'm part of a group. I I live in Ohio, but I have clients in California as well. So I'm part of a group. They're called Virtual Divorce California. And they do a really great workshop called Divorce Options. Mm. It's a two-hour deep dive on what your divorce options are. It's incredible. Uh, Mm. They also do one called Divorce Doctors, which is more of an open format where you get to come in. There's a lawyer therapist and a financial and just ask questions so i would encourage anybody to google i think it's virtualdivorceca.com but if you google virtual divorce california it'll come up so they do them once a month but in a like a summary kind of way um so kitchen table divorce is essentially what you're referring to where you're like okay you take this. I'll take this. You take this. I'll take this. Go to a lawyer. Draft it up. Boom. Done. And yes. those can be fine, right? Right. Like right. Especially if there's not a lot of assets, there's not kids, there's you know not a lot of things to to split. Um, yes. I still usually encourage people to talk at least in a very basic way, do a consultation at least with a financial, just to make sure they're not running across any weird like tax stuff, but or liquidity issues, but especially when money is an issue. And that is the case for a lot of people going through divorce. If you're like, I need to get this done as cheap as possible. Let's just make some decisions and move on. That is always an option. You can even usually file your own court paperwork. That is also something I caution against because there are a lot of mistakes you can make on that court paperwork and then it will cost you more money to fix it and more time to, then you have to go back in the queue of processing. And, you know, it's just not, it's not worth saving a few hundred dollars to make mistakes on the legal paperwork, but you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people though when they think about divorce the traditional model would be we both hire lawyers the lawyers talk to each other they take everything to court and essentially in the long run if the lawyers can't come to agreements and they've talked to you guys you know they they talk to each spouse and and try to come up with agreements that work but if they can't come to an agreement, the judge will just decide everything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not always going to decide on the things that are important to you in the way that you would hope. So I really like keeping it out of the court's hands as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important for each spouse to have some control in this situation where you actually feel fairly out of control to begin with. Yeah. But that is an option. And sometimes... It's the option you have to go through if there are is like a domestic violence situation. Some of these other options I'm going to talk about aren't really appropriate. Mental health issues um, can can be one that it, it's hard to do a more collaborative approach if somebody's got a severe mental health issue. And sometimes one spouse is just not going to play ball. No, And and that is what it is. And you can push and educate and, and try to reason with that person. But sometimes they're just not going to budge on this is what we're doing. And. That's okay too, because you can get the people on your side of things to help you make the most educated decisions and help you be creative in what you're proposing, even if that other person is just going to go through all the lawyer stuff. So that would just be a traditional litigated approach. I am trained as a mediator and a lot of lawyers are trained as mediators. That is more uh, where the person doing the mediation is a neutral person, not working for either spouse but really helping the two spouses have conversations about how they're going to split things up. And the Mm -hmm. mediator will do a very good job of laying some ground rules of respect and cooperation and really keeping your end goals in mind. Like what is your goal to get through this as quick as possible? Okay, Mm -hmm. great. To make sure kids don't get slung through the mud To make sure we're friends in the end or at least able to be in the same room together because we need to co-parent forever or my family is your family too, whatever it is. So so they're just going to be saying, okay, these are the things we need to split up. What do you want to tackle first? Hmm. Here we go. We're going to talk about the house. That's a lot of times a big key issue. What are we going to do with the house? So okay, I want to do this. What What do you, this is my proposal. Okay, what is the other person's reaction to that proposal? What questions do you have? Do you want to reject the proposal or accept it? And do you want to make a counter proposal? So kind of just almost like a tennis match. It just goes back and forth until everybody can feel okay making agreements and moving forward. When you have a lawyer who does the mediation, they will be able to then draft up the court documents they may not be able to give you as much of the education on the financial pieces of it. Right. If financial does the mediation, we'll be able to go through a lot of the, all the financial stuff, obviously, and any education. Like when I do mediation, if one party doesn't have as much of a background in finance, as long as the other spouse is okay with me doing more of like a one-on-one educational session, I'll do that with that person to try to even the playing ground. Mm. I don't do the document prep though, for the court. So I'll refer out to that. But like, I have a, a person who does that very reasonably for people. I don't want to screw that up. So yeah. Um, <laughs> and then sometimes some therapists might be mediators and they will be more um, for uh, stuff with the kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, doing parenting plans. I can help with the parenting plan for sure and help figure out how you're going to, Um, pay or split child expenses. But if things get really heated, like I was reading about Joe Jonas and Sophia Turner, um, and they're having a huge issue with their custody because they live in separate countries. Yeah. How do you manage that? You know, that's a very difficult situation that really requires a specialist. So there are people who specialize in those kinds of things that sometimes just need to get involved. But if it's like, Oh, we live nearby, we're fine. Holidays here, weekends here, you know, we can work through that pretty quickly. And the last mediation I did was three sessions, we had a couple one on one side conversations. And now they're taking their stuff to the lawyer, I think start to finish for like six months. So that's pretty um, good.
0: Is the parenting plan part of mediation and litigation depend on is it's a piece of both?
1: It has to get done no matter what, if there are kids, if there are minor children involved, it has to get done. So sometimes the lawyers might refer you guys to a, um, to a therapist or like a child specialist or something, uh, if they can't come to terms with that themselves. But yeah, I mean, it's, you have to figure out what the schedule is going to be, who's picking Mm. up who from where. Um, Holidays holidays are a big one, summer breaks, um, after school care, things like that. And then there are the expenses that go along with it too. So um, sometimes the case, uh, one of the cases I'm in now, they've got um, private school tuition, K-12 private school tuition, and they don't see eye to eye on it. So it's like, how do you get through to make decisions on that? So like once the kids are 18 or once they're like getting ready to go to college, like courts won't touch college stuff at all. So if you want a plan on who's paying tuition for college, good luck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In a mediation, you might be able to talk about those things, right? I mean, the the judge isn't going to decree anything on that, but a mediator, you might be able to say like, okay, is this something that we can talk about? And, and come to some kind of agreement there. It's also something, especially if your kids are younger, that you might go back to a mediator for later. But I think one thing you find through mediation is sometimes it just gives both people the skill that they need mm-hmm. to have those conversations without the need to have a, a neutral person involved. So yeah. they're like, oh, you know what, we actually can talk through some of these things. At first, it's like, he texts me and he's such a jerk. And then we just end up yelling at each other and I can't take it. Like this is not productive. So having that neutral third person, yes. ten, people tend to behave a little bit more when there's a yep. third person involved. So those conversations while they're still emotional and can still get heated, tend to be a little less heated than if it's just the two of you on the phone at 10 o'clock at night. So yeah.
0: For sure. For sure. It's like write down those things, bring it to mediation and have that person facilitate the conversation that's actually going to have a beneficial outcome for the family or for each of us or, you know, do the best we can with this topic rather than just trying to like text each other back and try to figure out these convoluted messages. I can't tell you. How many as a a divorce coach, how many of those conversations come into our comeback community of just, oh, my gosh, he's making me want to rip out my hair today because it's like I said this and then I got this message back. What do you guys think this message means? And it's less about trying to under us all try to help her understand what that message is and more about helping her understand how to focus in on bringing herself back to a place in a space where she's not feeling so emotionally heated about this. So when she goes back to this text thread or this conversation, she is operating from a space of her aligned self and not her raging self which usually will just fuel the fire. And then once you get to litigation or mediation, it's just like a no budge zone, which just carries out cases for months and months and months and doesn't help anybody in the party. So I love having mediation as an option for people who are willing to come to the table and find some kind of outcome that works for everybody. It
1: does take a very open heart though, you know, and that's where coaching really can come in to be a critical piece is like, I have a client now going through mediation and I'm her advocate. In the background, so I helped her prepare for the mediation in terms of understanding what she had, what she was "quote unquote" entitled to, what the law would say if they were going to court, and what she needs from the situation. And and I was able to tell her, you know, that I understand that this is really important to you, and I know that he did X, Y, Z, that was not ideal decision making during your marriage. However you know if this process breaks down and you end up in court the judge is not going to decide in your favor on this yeah so the judge doesn't and care that he was irresponsible with his money right and that's and that's his. hard to
0: hear right? that's hard oh. for people that's oh. hard to hear that's hard to process and then taking that into a courtroom setting or any kind of a process of of uh, figuring out what the outcome is going to be is it just makes it 10 times harder when you're emotionally fueled it just it just okay. always does So we have litigation, we have mediation. Do we have any other options? Yes, my
1: favorite one is collaborative divorce. So I love doing mediation, but collaborative divorce is such a cool process to witness. So, and I I hope that people feel when they go through it afterwards that it was a cool process to participate in because what collaborative divorce entails is um, two spouses, each has a lawyer on their side. There's a financial neutral and there's a family therapist. So, and in California, and probably some other states, they actually want two therapists involved. So, so that one, each spouse has a therapist. Yes. Helping them process their own emotional experience. Mm-hmm. In Ohio, we just use one. So everybody comes together. It's a big group setting. That's one of the challenges. It can be a little hard to schedule and coordinate. every, you know, everybody's super busy, but We all get to sit there and talk about the issues. We talk about the goals for the process and we just one by one hammer out the issues. The therapist is there to do the parenting plan, but then that also ties into what the financial is going to recommend on how they divide the assets or how they manage expenses for the kids. Like, do we have a joint account that we pay things from? Do we earmark a certain account to cover kids' expenses? Uh, And then the lawyers are there to say, well, you know, if we were in court, this is what the the, judge would say, but we're not in court, we're here. So how do you feel about this or that? And Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's funny because I have had cases where it ends up being collaborative, but we're not all together and nobody's talking. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> like, well, I have a therapist and I have a mediator and I have a lawyer, but I've never, I mean, we've never all talked like, let's all just come together. And yeah. and actually, I mean, when people hear, okay, well, there's, okay, that's four professionals involved. You start thinking about money, right? It's yep. kind of expensive, but in the long run, it actually can often end up saving people money because everyone's on the same page. Right. And literally it's not the, Spouse one and spouses, spouse two's lawyers talking. It's all of us talking together. Right. So because we've seen that a lot too, is like, okay, well, I told my lawyer this. Now the lawyer has to tell their lawyer that. Now the lawyer tells him this, and then we have to wait for this like telephone chain. It's just crazy. Yes. It takes forever, and it's it's not very efficient. And so the billable hours, so to speak, right. that you have to pay for can actually be reduced quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes in that process, there are still one-off meetings like we'll have if something needs to be discussed around, especially more complex topics like stock options or um, uh, like how bonuses are treated, that kind of thing. Sometimes um, some one-offs happen with the lawyers. Sometimes they happen with the financials. Sometimes the the therapist will just sit down and break out the holidays. You know, that doesn't always have to be a group meeting. Um, but for the most part, everybody's coming together to get on the same page. It's just a really, it's a very, it's the spirit of it is, I mean, it's collaborative. That's why it's called.
0: (laughs) It's appropriately named.
1: Right. Right. And can really lead to a lot of really positive outcomes for the family and the, you know, the marital relationship, whatever that's going to look like afterwards in the future can actually help keep that from turning to a really nasty, ugly place. So, um, I just, I love that, um, approach. If people aren't sure what the right approach is for them. So a lot of times the, the, each one of those people, the therapist, the financial, the lawyer, each one of them has a, a kind of an intake process that they can walk you through. What are the particulars of your situation? What's the, the spouse's personality like? You know, what are the like hot button items that we really need to, you know, the landmines we need to watch out for? Um, and is this appropriate for you guys? Or does maybe mediation make more sense or is this all going to break down in the long run and you're going to need to just let the lawyers do their things so they can help. We can all help guide people to the right decision. But that educational component of really hearing like more in depth of what each the pros and cons of each approach, I think, is really helpful for people as they're making the decision. I have seen sometimes where one spouse is very much on board for one particular type of strategy and the other one just isn't. So that can happen a lot in collaborative. One spouse just doesn't understand why you would do something like that. Right. So and sometimes you can help educate them. Sometimes you can't. So, um, you know, if, if that's the case, there's not a lot you can do. You can't make somebody come to the table in a collaborative nope. Thing. So, and that's why also the virtual divorce in in California is a cool option because they you don't have drive time you don't it's a little easier to coordinate schedules between busy working professionals. So in any of those situations, there are other people that may come into play that aren't necessarily like leading the charge of any of those approaches, but like. Divorce coaches are such a huge asset. I mean, uh, marriage and family therapists are, are great too. And there's, is some crossover, but, um, having a personal advocate to really help you through the emotional ups and downs of, of a divorce is so important. Your lawyer is not going to be your therapist. (laughs) No. And and even though I am trained in counseling, um, that's not my primary goal is is to help you through the emotional stuff. And I'm always here to listen, but if, you know, there's a lot of stuff you're processing and of course there probably is um, having somebody who's specifically there for you um, Mm -hmm. in that regard is, is so important. I mentioned kind of very briefly about child specialists, Sometimes people think of, you know, Oh, what are my kids going through if they're very young and we're going through a divorce and they'll get therapy for their kids, which is amazing. But also sometimes the adult children have a hard time with this too. Um, And and there are adult child specialists that can help the adult children process those things. And especially if adult children have special needs, that can Mm. be very, very difficult change is hard for people with special needs, um, to begin with, and especially certain types of, um, disabilities. So having somebody to help them process the emotional
0: component and and help them understand what their life is going to look like is critical. Um, To me, like that's, that's so number one with kids with special needs and, what I would say is a very, not very close second, but a second is having a financial expert who understands that there are nuances with children with special needs that absolutely need to come into play the future care of a child that might need long-term care support. Like these are the types of things that get overlooked because we're in the hot and heavy heat of like, get it done, get it fast, get a lawyer, sign the paperwork and try, try our best to figure it out from there. Instead of just coming in and taking a beat and getting the right people lined up in your corner to bring things up that of course you wouldn't know about certain right. nuances of relationship and marriage and finance. And of course you don't because you've never been through this before, but that there are people like you that hold all of that amazing knowledge in your brains <laughs> that can point these things out and go, hold on, let's take a beat here and talk about this piece of it specifically, so important.
1: Well, and there is a certain level of special needs planning that I wouldn't even feel comfortable walking. Yeah. It is incredibly nuanced and incredibly yeah. complicated. And I, I went to a training on that one time and I was taking all these notes. And then at some point I realized like, no, I don't, I, I'm not going to be able to learn all the, all of these things. I'm going to know enough to know when I need to refer to a specialist. Absolutely. And, and I, and I do have somebody who's amazing in that field. He he has a child of his own that is special needs. There's all kinds of government assistance, yes. um, loopholes and things like that. You have to really be careful about. So yes, um, yeah. And, and that's what a really good professional, no matter lawyer, coach, whatever, when something comes up that's outside of their scope of practice, they will send you to the right people and put you in touch with the people that you really need. Same thing like there. So there are a couple other types of professionals that aren't really usually a part of the process from start to finish, but will come in and out through referrals, probably from your financial or your lawyer. Um, Like, CDLPs, which are divorce lending professionals. I had... So, the house I mentioned, you know, is often a big topic of like, how are we going to split this? Yeah. And with interest rates being so high right now, it can be very scary to think about refinancing a mortgage. So, Mm. CDLPs, it was a divorce lending professional can come in and say, like, okay, well, these are your options now. If you guys end up splitting the house this way or that way, Uh, I even have one client who's assuming a, a loan, which is a whole nother thing that you need kind of some, some guidance on before you do it is like, she's just going to call them. She's calling the mortgage company and saying like, I will just assume the debt he's going to roll off the loan. And this will become all my debt and they don't have to refinance. And not even yeah. all companies do that. So um, so a CDLP, you were you said something earlier about people who don't even get paid to do what they do. And yes. CDLPs, bless their heart, don't get paid unless you actually do a mortgage with them. Yeah.
0: So, but they will run you all kinds of numbers and scenarios. And, give and you tell a- you what yeah. to look for. I mean, a, uh, uh, if people go back two episodes from this episode, they will hear a CDLP. Erin Bishop, her episode is is to just before this one, and she talks in depth about this topic. And I cannot emphasize enough to you guys how much before you go through this process, any one way that you choose, litigation, mediation, or collaborative, please make sure you, you enlist the free services of a CDLP if you have a home involved, because there were things she shared on that podcast that I was like, my mind is blown. I hope oh. everyone knows about this. Like, why doesn't everyone have one of these? Because you just don't know. And you just think like, and a lot of times people will just ta- want to, unfortunately, due to like movies and over dramatization, it's like, I'll just take you for all it's worth. Not thinking about all of, again, the nuances that are going to pour into what do I need now? What do I want my future to look like? Let's plan for that versus just getting all hot and heated and just trying to like drag you through it and take everything. Maybe you can't afford to take everything. Maybe you don't want to keep the things, right? So it's really important to have these additional experts that you're ta- that you're sharing here.
1: Yeah, totally. I have a in in the business program that I'm in right now. Is I was talking to my instructor and. He said, Oh, you know, I I wish we would have had someone like you. We, I thought we were coming to an agreement and then $90,000 later, (laughs) they finally got it done in court. And I said, what was the sticking point? Like what happened? Mm -hmm. And he said, "I I think she just started talking to her friends and they were saying you should get this and you should get that. And it just got to be very, very ugly. And While I love that people have support systems, I always caution people against that, like, oh, well, she said this and he said that and I read this and like, it's good to get educated, but everybody's situation is so different, so specific. You can't, and I do this with financial planning too. People are like, oh, well, he was able to retire at 55. It's like, okay, well, how much money did he make? How much money was he saving? Did he inherit money? Where did he live? Was it
0: California? I bet it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it wasn't. (laughs) exactly so
1: yeah you can't hold up a mirror and expect your life to go exactly how somebody else's life has gone financially through a divorce like you have to look at your own situation and have somebody really help you paint a picture that makes sense for your life Mm -hmm. um and the other thing i would mention is um so there's a post-divorce checklist that I think is really valuable and um, anybody who wants it can reach out to me. Um, but it's all the things that you, it's literally a checklist of what do I need to do post-divorce? Yeah. So it's like, if you're going to change your name, blah, 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 Uh you If you have a trust or medical power of attorney, financial power of attorney, all that stuff needs redone. If your car insurance is joint, which it probably is, you need to call your property casualty agent. So it's just this huge, you know, not huge. It's not that big, but it's a list of things that you might not think about otherwise. Yeah. Um, And, and that is also something when I'm working with with clients, I'm helping them make sure all of those things get done because divorce brain is a real thing. Like Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) there is, it sure is. Oh my gosh. So we have covered so much ground today. I really hope, I know this is going to be helpful for so many people. You know, I love that you brought to light that uh, fighting it out with just lawyers isn't your only solution. You don't have to make financial decisions alone and you probably shouldn't, right? Probably not. And, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. And there's a lot of financial stress- stressors on relationships and those can be avoided or reduced by having somebody in your corner who knows how to facilitate honest and good communication and goal sharing and all the things that that you're an expert at. So thank you for this chat today. I want you to be able to share with listeners how they can get more of you in their life because I know they're going to want that checklist and I know they're going to want your services. So how can people uh, find you, get more of you?
1: Sure. So um, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So it's Jessica Simmons. Uh, I think it's jessica.x.simmons on LinkedIn, but just look for Jessica Simmons. Uh, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, that's where my main residence is. And then I also do work in California. So you can find me on uh, Win-Win Divorce, which is the collaborative group in Columbus. And you can also find me on that Virtual Divorce California website. That's the collaborative group I'm in there, but it's got all my contact information. Um, and I will soon um, be spinning out my um, website and social media for my divorce practice. I've always done it under my um, wealth management practice, but I'm really just Leaning into doing this work, it's been so rewarding and so powerful that I really want to make this, you know, a very big focus of my life and my career. So, um, so Blackbird Divorce Services will is the company that's a little baby bird now, but will soon be growing and and flying on its own. So, uh, which I named it that. There's a Beatles song called Blackbird, and it yeah. talks about taking your broken wings and learning to fly. And I think that's what I want to help everybody do is take this time where you do feel like you might, things are a little broken in your life, but how do we take this and and fly into the light of the dark black night? So
0: Ooh, that is so powerful. I love that. I can't wait for that part of your brand to shine bright. And if you guys have any trouble finding this, whenever you are listening to this podcast, you guys can always reach out to me at your divorce planner and I will get you directly connected to Jessica Simmons hotline wherever she lands in the future. So I always ask my, my guests two closing questions. And the first one is, what is one thing that you love about you? So
1: I really think I'm quite approachable and just easy to talk to and get along with. That maybe is why I became a counselor or maybe it's at the, the chicken and the egg. I don't know. But but I, I had a client who referred a friend to me one time and she said, oh, she told me you were really chill. And I was like, that makes me feel so good because I know finances can be very intimidating and especially divorce can be a very personal thing. So just having somebody that you can go to and not feel intimidated by and and just be yourself and be open and honest with like I love that I can be that person for people.
0: I love that about you and um, it's it's definitely my favorite quality about you. I love being in your energy. I always feel like you're super chill and just so easy to be around. You're very just lovable and easy to be around and you make oh. just doing life be great. So I, I, I definitely can vouch for that. And then the last question is, what does joy feel like in your body?
1: Well, how do I feel right now? No, no. <laughs> 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 to me, it's it's lightness. And I don't mean in terms of physical light. I mean in terms of like if I get really weighted down by life and stress, like I, I literally feel heavy, right? Yeah. And so when I feel joy, I just feel very light. Like when Charlie in the chocolate factory, like when like when him and his grandpa drink that busy lifting drink. <laughs>
0: That is such a great way to describe it. And I know exactly what you mean. I'm like, I would love that feeling. I love that feeling too. Be amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Thank you so much for this conversation today. I appreciate you and all you're doing so much. I look forward to just future endeavors together.
1: Yeah, same. I thank you so much for doing this for people. It's a huge service and, and really giving people information that's so critical. So thank you too. Thanks for having me.
0: And a kind reminder to our listeners as we close, just remember you are safe, you are loved, you are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would take a quick screenshot and share it now, or leave a five-star review. So this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at your divorce planner, or go to your divorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with your divorce planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved. You are worthy. You are enough. Take care.